Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's true, you know, the only thing in this world that's truly constant is change. Life, yours and mine, is always moving, whether we like it or not. But the good news is that God is also on the move, and he's always moving with us wherever we go. That's the subject of today's message, which is based on Isaiah chapter 43, verses 15 through 21. It's entitled, The Vastness of the Pond, and it starts with a story about how kids grow up. It's actually a scene that has repeated itself time and time again over the years. But this was actually one of the first times I ever recall it happening. It was uh, during our summer vacation time up in northern Maine, and Lisa and I had decided to stop for lunch at a local diner, the Elm Tree Diner, a place we used to go when we were first married, and I was but a young pastor. As you can imagine, just the fact that we went into this place brought back a lot of nostalgia for us. And the great thing about this place, at least at that time, is it was just the way we remembered it. The food was still good. The portions were beyond huge. The ambiance was everything you'd expect from an Arusta County diner. And almost immediately, all the great memories we had of our times living up there and, and being married and being together were just fairly well bursting forth. But then here comes the waitress to take our order. She's writing everything down as we're going through what we want, and suddenly she stops, and she looks rather intently at the two of us for the longest moment. You know, kind of long, awkward moment. And finally her eyes pop open, and she says, Mr. Lowry? Mrs. Lowry? How are you? And then, no doubt noticing the blank look on both Lisa's and my face, she adds, It's me! Don't you remember? I'm Stacy. Stacy from Sunday school. <laughs> well, in our own defense, friends, she did look familiar. But even all these years later, I've got to tell you that at that particular moment, this, I figured that this certainly couldn't have been the Stacy I remembered. The Stacy I remembered was about so high. She was in the fourth grade and she sang in my little junior choir at the church. But then it quickly hit me, kind of like a ton of bricks, in truth of fact, that that had been a good 10 years, a full decade before. This little one I remembered as a shy little girl who loved to sing was now a bright and personable young woman living on her own, going to school and waitressing to make ends meet. Well, it was great to see her and to hear how she was doing, to hear about her life. And as I recall, lest we think that these things don't matter to our church kids, she immediately sang Lisa and me a verse of, Oh, fill my cup, let it overflow. <laughs> and it was, it was fun. 
It was great. But I also have to confess to you now that the whole experience left me a little sad. I guess somewhere in my addled brain, I had mistakenly figured that even though Lisa and I had most certainly gotten older in the years since we had left the Holton Church, that group of Sunday schoolers we remember back there, they were supposed to stay little kids forever. But of course, we all know that time, and as it turns out, life does not work like that. We had another experience just like that yesterday. And this little boy that we knew 25 years ago was all grown up and getting married and starting a life of his own as husband and wife. You see, whatever else can be said about it, life is always, always moving. Life is fluid. You've heard the analogy that life is like the the stream. You know, you put your foot in the stream one minute, take it out, put it in a few couple of seconds later, it's a completely different stream because that water has moved on. Life is like that. It is always and ever moving. It is always about change. The undeniable truth is that nothing, nothing at all in our lives stays the same for very long. The little children who just yesterday, it seems, were decked out in bathrobes and tinsel angel wings for Sunday school Christmas pageant are all grown up now ready to take on the world. The kids who started kindergarten are going to be graduating and going out into the world. And, you know, I hasten to add here, it's not just kids. I think you'll agree with me here when I tell you that it doesn't take a whole lot of years before we discover that the people we know aren't necessarily the people we knew. And I'm not just talking about gray hair and expanding waistlines either. Time has a way of shifting circumstance, attitude, the manner and the form and substance of relationship. Simply put, people come into our lives, they become a part of the community we're in, sometimes they are even part of our families, but then, seemingly without warning, sometimes without a clear explanation, they're gone. So often, it seems, that no sooner than we finish saying hello in this life, we're forced to say our goodbyes, and it is rarely, if ever, easy. So the bottom line is, and you know this, change is difficult. But change is a necessary part of life, and as such, change can be a good thing. In fact, I would dare say to you folks this morning that change is central to how God intends for our lives to be. And that's because our God is a living God. I realize that this is the message we have heard proclaimed actually over the past couple of Sundays as we have celebrated the gifts of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost And last Sunday, as we pondered the wonder of God who comes to us in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a blessed Trinity. See, our God is alive. It's a simple, but as utterly wondrous and confounding and mysterious and glorious as that. And as such, Our God is a God of motion, 
of activity, of involvement, of action in matters of the world, and influence and inspiration in all the happenstances of our lives, yours and mine. God, you see, doesn't settle on one spot. God does not exist in one way for very long. God is on the move. God is ever leading us, ever guiding us, sometimes ever pushing us into new situations, new experiences. Always something new. And you see, the thing is, that has always been true. That is made clear in our text for this morning from Isaiah. The one that Kay just shared with us in which our Lord says, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people who I have formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. As I said before, God is never about to stand idle, but always has sought to move us in new directions through the wilderness that we might find new and fresh ways of living as he intends for us. Age and time, geography and circumstances, these things by which we tend to measure our lives, they actually matter very little when God is on the move. Let me ask it this way. Who knows what new thing God will do next? Who knows the vista along which God is going to lead us today and in the days to come? What wonders await us just beyond the next horizon? And the answer is, the fact of it is, we don't know. Not yet, anyway. But that's the mystery of our lives. That's the uncertainty of it. That's what causes anxiety in it. But you know what? That's also the adventure It's wonder, it's meaning, and might I add, it's fun. But wherever we go along this journey, individually, as families, as a community, and most especially as the church, in and through all the changes that come to us in this life is this glorious truth that we are not going alone, but in the power, the presence, and the loving shelter of a mighty God. The mighty God who is leading us there for the sake of joy, for purpose, for becoming all that we are meant to be, and so that we might declare our praise unto God. Now, it seems to me, friends, that this is a good thing for us to remember, most especially today. Like I said before, life is always moving. Change is inevitable. And I got to say that's certainly been true for us here at East Church on these past 14 going on 15 months. I mean... 
Who would have imagined back in March of 2020 when we decided not to hold in-person worship services for a couple of weeks? Who would have thought that we wouldn't be back in the sanctuary until today? Now, I remember back then feeling very badly that we had to cancel a bean supper. And I felt incredibly bad, awful, in fact, about having to tell you folks online that we were not going to be able to hold Easter services, presumably for the first time in the church's history. We did have Easter services. It just wasn't together. But even that change was okay. Because surely we reasoned this whole COVID thing will be over soon and things would get back to normal by May, maybe by June, or at the very least at the end of the summer, at the absolute latest. But of course that wasn't to be. And I will confess to you now that there were moments, especially early on in the time of pandemic last spring, when Lisa and I both had concerns as to how our church could possibly weather this strange and unprecedented storm we were facing. But then something happened. Actually, it was always happening. Our ever-living, ever-graceful, ever-loving God, God was on the move. As in days of old, once again, God was here and he was doing a new thing that was springing forth in our midst, even when the world around us seemed to be spinning helplessly out of control. God was alive in our midst. God was moving. And as a result, this amazingly wonderful and faith-filled little church that could, did. We learned how to worship online. We figured out what to do with an iPad. I learned to call my wife an executive producer. I depended on my daughter a whole lot of times, very late at night, to figure things out. And not only, you see, did this provide us a, a means to gather together, albeit remotely on a Sunday morning, in the process we welcome new friends into our church family from literally all over the country. And some of them I know are here with us today. And I'm very grateful for that. And we learned how to find new ways to reach out to one another. There were phone calls. There are appropriately distanced visits, along with a plethora of goodie bags that were shared with members and friends and neighbors, occasionally even their pets. This as a way of connecting with those who have been feeling shut in or feeling isolated through the long moments of quarantine. No, maybe we couldn't get there face to face all the time, but we made an effort. Our mission projects, both locally and nationally, continued on no matter what. And your giving to the work of this church helped, has helped it remain strong along with the help of beanless bean suppers, pond paddles, a couple of outdoor yard sales. See you on Saturday, folks. And most of all, your support of several Lift the Gift challenges. More on that later. Over these past 14 months together, we embrace this glorious, wonderful truth that yes, we are the church no matter where, no matter how we meet. 
And I'm here to tell you today that it all happened by the graceful power and love of a living, moving God in our midst. And I also have to say because of you and because of your faith that has shown forth so brightly and so boldly. Speaking uh, as the one who has been blessed enough to be your pastor over the last nine years, as one who together with our family are members of this incredible little church, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for you and for the way God has blessed us. And I got to tell you, I'm excited about what happens next. Because just as it's true that God has been on the move, just as it has been true that God has has been with us throughout all the changes in our midst here at East Church, it is also true that God is moving us now. And that might be more than we are even imagining at this point. Now, I don't know who studies these things, but apparently it has been proven by those who study these things that if you take a goldfish, an ordinary little goldfish that has lived its life in a little glass fish bowl all its life, and then you take it and you turn it loose into a pond, the goldfish will in fact not swim out into the pond that now surrounds it. In fact, the goldfish will likely just keep making the same little circles. It always swam when it was in the goldfish bowl. Like I said, I don't know who has proven this, but apparently it is a thing. The circles in which the goldfish swims will never get much wider. Researchers even tried to throw rocks into the pond in hopes to inspire the goldfish to expand the limits of their swimming. But at the very most, the goldfish would just kind of just swim around the rock. The goldfish, you see, had been conditioned to think small, which is amazing when you think about it. This little fish now has this vast pond surrounding it. There's virtually no limit to where the fish could go. But since it was always small, since it always had a small space in which to swim, it would always live small. It will never be moved to venture out into the vastness of the pond. Well, beloved, the good news of this and every day is that God did not create you and me to be goldfish. God gives us the vastness of this huge pond, which is called life and living. And God tells us to go forth, go swimming. And even more than this, go forth and swim with joy. And no, though we don't know what the future holds or, or what exists around the river bend or beyond the next horizon. Indeed, if this past year has taught us anything at all, it is to expect the unexpected. But we can all take comfort and joy that we can swim. We can swim. Because we know that God is on the move even in this very moment, even right here in this beautiful sanctuary, God is doing a new thing in and through our lives. Yours, mine, and yes, in the life we share as the church of Jesus Christ. 
God is making a way in the wilderness of fear and hopelessness in which we find ourselves mired. God is making rivers in the desert of uncertainty so that we will always know its true refreshment and we will always know God's love and care. God is alive. God is helping us to be alive as well so that we might have faith in all things and that we might be bold enough to venture out into the vastness of the pond to experience the great adventure of life. That we might encounter the very one who encounters us with something fresh and new. Something that will lead us to declare his praise in all things. What an adventure that's going to be, friends. So thanks be to God from whom all blessings flow. Thanks be to God with whom our great journey is just now about to unfold. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, The Vastness of the Pond, which was recorded on June the 6th at our very first indoor, in-person service of worship at East Church in over 14 months. It was so great to be back in our sanctuary. And if you'd like to join us sometime for worship this summer in that sanctuary, you're always invited to come and join us. We worship every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Or you can find us on Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. Either way, we'd love to have you with us, and I do think you'll be glad you came. And with that, we come to the close of another episode of this Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day this summer every day. Talk to you soon. Thank you.